Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is August 27th, it's 2019. And we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm joined by Genie for 07. Grant, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing pretty good. I was out of the FanDuel Live Final this weekend as Squirrel Patrol Plus One. Had a great time. My body is dead, and now I'm just sitting in a hotel room for two straight days in full recovery mode before I have a wedding this weekend, which is going to destroy me all over again. <laughs> busy man, busy man. Um, yeah, you've been out in Colorado quite a bit recently. Or not Colorado, California. So, um, yeah, how was the live final? Was it fun? That was an absolute blast, but I think I'm starting to get old. I think the last two nights I was in bed by midnight, which is not something I would have done in my younger years. So apparently once you hit 30, your body starts to starts to get old. I did not know. I'm telling you, man, I, I can't drink that much anymore either. Like I've lost my lost my touch as well. But if you guys haven't already, make sure you head on over to fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Roto-Grinders links. That way you get three months of Roto-Grinders premium for Fantasy Draft. Once you make your first deposit and start playing over there, Home of Rake Free DFS. If you haven't checked that out, they have all the details over there. You can check it out. They do have another free roll coming up this week for NFL preseason, giving out some more tickets for the big million dollar Hooters uh, kickoff. So if you want to try to win tickets, you can enter it 10 times and they're giving out 750 tickets. So even if you Want to check it out for just that and try to get used to it. Um, week four preseason is always usually a lot of fun. So if you haven't checked them out, check them out. And um, Grant, let's get started on this slate. We get started with Pittsburgh at Philadelphia. Stephen Brault against Drew Smiley. Any interest here in um, Stephen Brault? Now low strikeout opponent in the Phillies going up against lefties. Only 18.2% projected lineup. He's got some walk issues, which... Phillies walk up, walk at a decent rate, especially Hoskins, who destroys. I just don't think I can do it. Even though he's 4.8K, it's just not worth it to me with a 5.5 implied run total against him. Plus, like Kirk Deasy says, every Pittsburgh pitcher is a loser. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, you know, he's had some decent games recently. Um, I don't think this is the right matchup when you're looking at it on paper. Philadelphia, they don't strike out a lot. They do have a lot of power in their lineup. And, um, you know, he just doesn't really strike righties out, and he's probably going to face six righties here. So that's his biggest downfall. Drew Smiley on the other side of this game. We like left-handed pitchers against Pittsburgh. He's 4,600. Any interest in Smiley? Yeah, we got two or many premium price pitchers on the slate here. Smiley is real cheap here at 4.6K. It's just too little for him. Like, he's going up against an extreme ground ball hitting team versus lefties. And he's a big fly ball guy that gives up a decent amount of hard contact. Grand most of that's from when he was over in Texas. So it's a little bit different since he's come over to Philly. Put up the K rate. And now Pittsburgh strikes out at a decent clip in the projected lineup, around 20%. It's going from the AL to the NL. Smiley has since he's gone over to Philly, which people don't account for the full season numbers, taking into account that he's going up against a pitcher a significant amount more. So 
Smiley is my favorite cheapie on the slate. I'm just worried about him being chalky. I don't think it'll be chalky. I think Hauser will be pretty popular as well. Um, so we'll see. Uh, and I like Hauser, and we'll talk about him in a minute. But I, I, I think Smiley's certainly in play here. When you look at this lineup, you know, you're not too concerned about this lineup against left-handed pitching. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that, you know, at, at this price point, you have to have interest in Smiley if you're playing um, tournaments here. So, um, Pittsburgh Bats, any interest in them? I mean, not really. Bell, I prefer going up against righties. Marte's not been great versus right lefties so far this season. Like Reynolds, a lot of these guys that take ground balls at a pretty big clip, they get an uptick to it, but it's not really enough for me. Smiley's been decent. He is giving up some home runs, so like I could potentially see taking some one-offs here. But looking at their price tags, they're not really cheap enough for me to go for the power bats here, so I'm probably crossing them off my list. Yeah, I think you can go back to the well on Stallings. He didn't really work out on Monday. I think that, you know, you can potentially play him again. He's a guy that doesn't really strike out against left-handed pitching, and he's a catcher that's pretty cheap. So I don't mind him. I don't hate, um, like, Newman if he bats leadoff. He has a really low strikeout rate against lefties. So probably my my two guys that I have interest in here uh, for the Pittsburgh side of things. Ozuna, if he's cheap on, on Fandle, um, I don't know what his price is over there. The Philadelphia side of things, I, I love this spot for Gene Segura. I always mention him against lefties. He's one of my favorite hitters in baseball this season against left-handed pitching. Hoskins, Ramuto, um, all these guys are very much in play. Yeah, no, Hoskins is always a great play versus lefty. Still got 40 Woba on the season versus left-handed pitching. You mentioned Segura. We mentioned every time he's going up against lefty, he matches here. Looking at the price tags, like Segura, Hoskins, Real Muto are all 4.6K or under. They're a little cheap. Outside of them, I mean, maybe you can go with Kingery. You can add Harper to a stack. Brawl can get blown up, and this Pittsburgh uh, bullpen can get blown up a little bit. But Hoskins and Scar are by far my two favorite plays. Yeah, um, the other guy you got to kind of watch here, if Kingery is banged up and he's not in the lineup, um, they said he's supposed to play, but just if he's not in there, Sean Rodriguez is like 3,300, and he has some pop. So don't mind that as a cheapie. Baltimore, Washington, Aaron Brooks against Patrick Corbin. Um, any interest here in Aaron Brooks? Nope, he's not good, and Washington's still on a bit of a tear. Yeah, this guy just doesn't have any strikeout stuff facing a team that you know doesn't strike out. So bottom of the order strikes out a little bit, and you know it's just a bad spot. Patrick Corbin on the other side of this game. Baltimore, they do strike out against left-handed pitching. They do have you know a little bit of power in this lineup against lefties. Uh, we do have a ton of options at the top today. Do you have any interest here in Corbin? I mean, it, it's it's tough. He's absolutely in play for tournaments. It's just how the slate's going to work out. We have Bueller, we have Verlander. Should be the two top scoring guys on the slate, but because of that, other guys are going to go unowned, like Corbin, who's 11.2K and just a little bit cheaper than the other two guys. He has potentially the same ceiling. He's a guy that they will uh, go 110 pitches. He did two weeks ago over in Milwaukee, so we can easily see a 35-point game out of him in pretty much any given matchup, and this is almost a perfect matchup. Baltimore doesn't strike or doesn't walk at a high rate, so they're not going to be working the count as much. He can go later into games because of that, and they have a low strikeout or a high strikeout rate, one of the highest in the entire league. So the other guys don't have as good matchups as Corbin, but they are better pitchers. But just the way the tournament works out, anything can happen. And Corbin is probably pretty much in line for the win, and on top of that, he has a ton of K upside in this matchup. Yeah, um, I like Corbin a lot. You know, I think he is a good pivot off of Verlander. I think Bueller is a, a really good option as well, and we'll talk about him. But 
there's plenty of options if you want to pay up at pitching today. So Corbin's definitely in the mix for me. If I'm not playing Corbin, I, I think you could take shots on Nunez, um, potentially Alberto. Those two guys have hit left-handed pitching really well this season. Mancini, I like Mancini. Um, I, I like the fact that Mancini's price is 4K in this matchup. He really got that discount for facing Corbin. So I don't mind maybe looking at a one-off here um, on these guys just because the pricing on these guys are actually uh, really affordable. Yeah, it's not terrible. I mean, Corbin has got given up a decent amount of hard contact to righties so far this season. Only strikes him out at 25% clip, so Alberto's 11.7% K rate. Doesn't have a huge amount of upside for home runs, but the guy can get on base multiple times in this matchup here. So I don't mind those calls. I'm probably not going there, but that's just because of the 15-game slate. Yeah, and, you know, I will say, like, Alberto and Nunez both exited Sunday's game early, and they didn't play on Monday. So um, if they're out of the lineup, it's a huge upgrade for Corbin. Like, those are the two guys you're, like, ultra, ultra concerned with. Atlanta at Toronto. We got Mike Sorka against um, – it sounds like it's going to be an opener. Um, and then Zach Golly is going to be the long guy here. Um, I think Font's going to open. Any interest in, in um, Sorka here? Yeah, but first we should probably just say play every single Washington bat. I don't think we needed to talk about oh, that. I, yeah, my bad. I completely over – like Washington's in a great spot. Yeah, Brooks is terrible. Washington's in a great spot. Washington's hot. Um, as for Soroka – I don't know if I'm going to go there. There's too many aces on this slate where I don't get nearly as much upside with Soroka. He is going up against Toronto, which, yes, they strike out at a massive clip, especially versus righties, but that doesn't really matter enough to me because he's only got a 24% K rate versus righties. 20% overall. He could go a complete game shutout here, but it's unlikely. I don't think he's really worth it. If you can't get up to the other guys, yeah, play him, but that's pretty much it for me. I think his biggest issue today is just price with all these guys above him. Um, I'm a, I'm a Mike Sorka fan. I think he's a, a really good real life pitcher. It's just when I'm looking in this range, like how do I play him over like a U Darvish or a Caleb Smith today? Like just taking the strikeout ability and of those other two guys. So uh, I think that's the biggest issue with me on Sorka. Um, as far as the whole Zach Godley experience here, um, do you have any interest in Zach Godley? Against Atlanta, no. Sub-20% K rate guy against a good team. He is coming in, so he has the potential to get the win, but the likelihood of that is very unlikely, so no interest in him. Yeah, and he's probably only going to – he's been throwing like 50 pitches out of the bullpen, so not going not gonna to go there with that. Um, Atlanta bats, what do we like here for Atlanta? Um, most of them. They're playing over in Toronto. It's a bit of a ballpark upgrade here. They're very good. Godley is not very good. The Toronto bullpen is not very good. Gives up a 40% hard hit rate to both sides of the plate. So Freeman, Albies, Acuna are the first guys that I'd go to. Looking at their prices, they are expensive outside of Albies, but still they can easily all put up a home run here. I don't mind a full stack. Throwing in Joyce if he's in the lineup there going up against Variety. Not a bad move at all because Godley's been pretty bad versus lefties. But it, pretty much all the guys with power and then Flowers if he's in there, they are getting the DH there, which will give a bump up to the offense overall. And Flowers is in, and he's got some pop going up against a guy that gives up some, some bombs pretty often, especially over in Toronto. Yeah, the only thing that kind of concerns me with Atlanta is this, like, weird schedule that they had. They had that makeup game where they flew out to Colorado, they played a day game, and now they're flying. Like, they went from New York to Colorado back to Toronto. Like, it just doesn't seem optimal, but I guess, you know, when you have to make up a game, you have to make up a game. But 
I, I do like the Atlanta bats. I, I think Donaldson, he's hitting the ball well. I think he has three home runs over the last four games. Um, Freeman, all those guys. Joyce, like you said, if he's in there. Uh, any interest in the Toronto guys here? I mean, you can go with Bo, but he's a little expensive at 5.1K. If I'm probably going to go with anyone, it could be – could probably be Tellers. Like, it's interesting because a lot of these guys do hit fly balls and some of them are cheap. So, going up against an extreme ground ball pitcher, especially lefties going up against him in his 14% K rate, makes it a little bit interesting. So, Biggio and Tellez, two lefties with some power, going up against an ultra-low K rate guy when they're both fly ball hitters and a great hitter's ballpark. I don't mind either of those two guys. Like, it's it's cheap and you're going to need some salary savings on this slate. So, Biggio and Tellez are the two guys I'd go with. Yeah, 3500 for Biggio. Um, certainly like that as well. Cubs and Mets, you Darvish against Marcus Stroman. Um, what's your thoughts here on Darvish? I mean, so it's, it's the Vegas implied total scares me a little bit, 4.3K when you're considering paying a 9.6K price tag, but it just doesn't seem to make sense. Darvish has been pitching really well. He's got a high K rate. He's not as wild as he was in his beginning of the season, not by a long shot. And this Mets lineup isn't great. It's being played over in New York. It's only going to be 72 degrees out there. Grant's going to be humid, but that's not going to have an effect with this weather. So the run line kind of scares me, but we could easily see it drop to under four by the game of tomorrow. I don't know why it's a toss-up game. I get Stroman's decent, but there's no reason to have the total be over eight here. So it's an interesting spot. He's definitely one of the top guys in this range. I prefer going up slightly to Luis Castillo in a much better matchup here. But, uh, like, Darvish is very much in play for tournaments. Yeah, um, very much in play. As well. I, I agree. Um, Pick'em game is kind of interesting, like you said. You know, Castillo being so cheap or so close to Darvish is interesting. Caleb Smith being cheaper than Darvish. I, I think Darvish is in a good spot here. I think there's strikeout ability, strikeout upside. We probably have 10, 10 – you know, really solid options today on this slate for pitching uh, that could go over 25 points. And, you know, you got to throw Darvish into that mix. Um, Stroman on the other side of this game, he's a ground ball guy. I don't really see him getting blown up here. Um, but, like, we have so many pitching options on this slate with upside. You know, I'm, I'm probably taking Michael Pineda or, or Tanaka before I'm taking Stroman in this price range. Yeah, I don't want a guy with a sub-20% K rate on the slate when there's so many other good options. Like, realistically, he could shut them down for seven innings and get it almost a strikeout per inning or a strikeout per inning, but the likelihood of that happening isn't great. The Cubs are a good lineup. It's, it is a good ballpark, and he is a good pitcher, and he is a ground ball pitcher, but this club, Cubs lineup is pretty darn good here. 8K is a bit too much to ask for. I am think I'm going to start in Scrubsy. I'm not against playing Stroman, but... He's just a guy that I rarely ever play, and it's just because there's not that much upside. Um, bats in this game. Anything on the Cubs side of things? Don't really target guys against Stroman. If I am, they're going to have to be extreme fly ball hitters, so potentially Chris Bryant, maybe Schwarber. Either one of those guys are fine. You look at their salaries, 4.1K is too cheap for uh, Bryant, and 4K is too cheap for Schwarber. So those guys are both in play going up against a big ground ball guy, but that's that's really – if me, if you want to take a shot on Cassianos, I'm not going to argue. Um, and then the Mets, you know, nothing really staying out to me outside of maybe like an Alonzo Conforto, but I'm probably not going to end up playing them guys on the slate. Yeah, I mean, Alonzo's always in play. Darvish has been much worse versus lefties, so Conforto's price tag of 4.2K, we consider that he's had a 250 ISO versus lefties. Um, or Darvish is a 250 ISO versus lefties, and Conforto can – 
hit the ball far. It's just not a great ballpark and not great hitting conditions. So I'm probably going to stay away. I think that's the biggest issue for me on this slate as well. Um, continuing to move on here, we got Cleveland at Detroit. Adam Plutko against Spencer Turnbull. Um, nine and a half total. Plutko's a 136 favorite. Plutko, not very great of a pitcher. Not really going to strike anybody out, but it is Detroit. Um, any interest in Plutko just because he's facing Detroit? Yeah, you can take a shot on him. 6.5K for any pitcher in the entire league going up against Detroit isn't bad, but there's a 4-5 run total against him, and Cleveland has a good bullpen, so it's mostly reliant on him being bad. The guy just doesn't strike out guys. He doesn't walk guys. Detroit doesn't walk. They're going to be free swing, so him throwing strikes. If he has a pretty good pitcher's umpire, I don't mind it. That's something we should probably watch out for tomorrow because Detroit's free swinging enough where that could benefit him greatly. But outside of that, like I'd rather go down to the four low 5K guys and play, pay 6.5K for Pleco. Yeah, I'm probably going to go down as well or or just go a little bit higher. There's some guys in that range a little bit higher than him that I think I'd rather take shots on. So, um, and, and like Spencer Turnbull on the other side of this game, like he does have plenty of strikeout upside against righties, but probably only going to face, what, two, maybe three righties in this lineup. And Cleveland, not a team that typically strikes out a ton. So I think Spencer Turnbull in the same price range is just – not good enough for me today. Yeah, no, not even remotely worth it. He said it perfectly. He's not good versus lefties, and he's going to face a lot of them. And all, most of them strike out a low clip, and a lot of them are very good. Yeah, Jose Ramirez is obviously getting hurt. Um, will we'll help him a little bit here, but not enough in my opinion. Uh, what do you like here for the Cleveland Bats? I mean, the lefties are the ones that immediately stick out. Santana, Lindor, Kipnis are the guys that would probably want to go for most, but I don't mind throwing in a few righties in the stack. I mean, Fran Mill Reyes, he just hits bombs, and he's going up against a ground ball guy, but that doesn't really matter for him too much. Same thing with Puig. Like, if you're rounding out a stack, you got to realize that Turnpole might only make it four innings here. Realistically, you can get beat up very quickly, and when the bullpen comes in, you're getting Fran Mill Reyes and Puig against one of the worst bullpens in sport in baseball for a 4.1K and 3.9K in a stack that is a little bit underpriced out of Lindor and Santana. So I don't mind taking the righties here because they are priced down because they're going up against a righty that's pretty good against them. But they do have the upside when the bullpen gets in the game. Um, yeah, you know, pretty much the same guys that I had written down. I like Kipnis's price, um, you know, 3.7K. I think that's really solid here. Uh, as far as the Detroit side of things, Grant, like I, I, I can see – Taking like if you land in the in the range of like uh, of Reyes or somebody um, Dennerite something like that just because they're so cheap like and you need to finish off a team I, outside of that like I'm not gonna sit here and say like oh, I love Detroit here. Yeah, no, I mean you can use it some price savings, but I'd rather go with guys like Tellez or Biggio over in Toronto in a better matchup. Like, yes, Pletko is not very good. He doesn't strike out guys, and so. Any guy that hits some out line drives and fly balls like Dixon or Detmer, like that's fine. They have some power and they're going up against a low strikeout pitcher that gives up a lot of power. But to me, it's just not worth it. I mean, I'd rather just target lefties a little bit against him because he strikes out lefties at just a razor thin rate and doesn't give up anything but fly balls, gives up a lot of hard contact. There's really not any of them in this lineup that really fit the mold here. So I'm probably crossing them off. 
Yeah, as our good buddy Blender would say, maybe this is a vomit stack if you want to play two high-end pitchers and hope that Plucko gives up seven or eight runs here. And, you know, I think that it's something that you could potentially look at if your two pitchers hit 30. This team scores eight. Like, maybe it gets there. Like, it's a 15-game slate still. But um, shout-out to Blender. I'll give him I'll give him this one. I think this is a vomit stack. Nobody over 4K. Um, you can definitely play those two top-end pitchers. Cincinnati at Miami, seven total. Castillo against Smith. Castillo is a 160 favorite. I know Verlander's on the slate, Grant, and I get that. And Verlander, you know, facing Tampa, there's obviously a lot of upside there. There's upside with Corbin. There's upside with Bueller. But I feel like Castillo at 10K is enough of a discount from those guys in this matchup going into Miami, getting a ballpark upgrade that, like, he's probably going to be my SP1 in cash. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if he was my SP1. I mean, Miami's just so incredibly bad. Sub 300 wove on the projected lineup. Sub 130 ISO. Castillo, big ground ball pitcher. Miami, big ground ball hitting team. Castillo walks a decent amount of guys. That's what we always worry about. Miami has almost no one that walks. So this is all around just a perfect matchup for him, as it is a perfect matchup with virtually every single pitcher. When you add in their K rate mixed with Castillo's K rate, it's almost up in Bueller territory. So the K prop should be around the same as Bueller would be my guess. And you get that ability to suppress runs, probably just as good with Castillo. The ability to pitch deep in the game, probably just as good with Castillo when you consider the matchup. So I really do like him at a big discount from Bueller and a bigger discount from Verlander. It's going to go lesser on because people will automatically flock to Bueller and Verlander. Yeah, like, I don't know what we're looking at. Like, Chris Romino's job is so hard sometimes when we're looking at ownership, on, especially on a slate like this where there's five guys in this price range that are very much in play. But I know Sonny Gray maybe will help the ownership on Castillo too because Sonny Gray didn't go out and have that dominant game that we were all kind of hoping for. But, you know, you, you summed it up. Like, ground ball guy, strikeout team, ground ball team, strikeout pitcher. Like, you, you summed it up. Like, Castillo's in a great spot here. Um, and then Caleb Smith on the other side of this game. Like, I have a little interest in Caleb Smith because he's 9K. But I also want to respect the fact that, like, there's three or four hitters in this lineup that have been very good against lefties. Yeah, yeah, there have been some hitters that are pretty good, obviously. You know, it's fantastic. Strange thing is looking at Caleb Smith's home and road splits. He's given up 16 home runs on the road. He's given up seven at home. Yet he has around the same ER or the same amount of fantasy points between the two that doesn't really entirely make sense to me so you look at his matchup or you look at his outings over the course of the year and he was crushing at the beginning kind of came down to earth a little bit but he still has a pretty decent k rate i'd wait to see what happens with this lineup here because he does strike out righties at a much higher clip and they could potentially be throwing a whole bunch of righties into this lineup here which would be fantastic it gives them a little bit more upside granted the downside is there but when you're pitching over in miami and you're a righty with some power they could but that ballpark just kills righty power there. And so it's 53% fly ball rate and it's 45% hard hit rate versus righties. Should be drastically mediated by just the giant ballpark that Miami is. So, yeah, I've got some interest in Caleb Smith in the 9K range where there's other guys that would – like there's basically a pitcher I want at almost every $1,000 mark between 9 and 12K. So Caleb Smith's the guy if I can't get up to the next guy. Um. You know, as far as the bats go in this game on the Cincinnati side, like, I get that this game is in Miami, and I understand that Smith has been good this year. 
But Suarez at 4K, like that stands out to me instantly. We know how good Suarez is against lefties. Aquino is 4,800. Like those would probably be my two top targets here. Um, you know, Irvin and Senzel have both been good. I don't know if I would necessarily stack this team today. Irvin's 3K. Like if you're looking for value, like I, I don't mind using one-offs of, of Cincy here, especially Suarez. Yeah, I mean, Caleb Smith is going to give up a bomb in this game. He might give up two. He could potentially give up three. Aquino's obviously the main guy that I would go to. But Suarez, you're right, absolutely a little bit too cheap. Irvin, perfect 3K punt here, a guy that has crushed lefties so far this season. He's a guy that gets crushed by right-handed pitching in terms of power. And Irvin hasn't struck out against lefties at high clip, only 14% of the season. And Caleb Smith, like I said, he strikes out lefties or righties at a giant clip. But when he does get – the actual, when they do actually get the bat on the ball, he has a good shot of taking out of the ballpark. So Irvin is a great play and one of the better punts on the slate point per dollar. Um, Miami, anything? Don't even ask. Listen, Blender's a sicko. Yesterday he said Neil Walker was going to hit a home run off of Sonny Gray and everybody was going to tilt. And um, I'm going to give him his shout out, but we're moving on. Cardinals and Brewers, nine total. Miles Mikolas against Adrian Hauser. Houser's a 150 favorite here at 5K. Um, we'll talk about that in just a second. Miles Mikolas. Hey, listen, the Brewers are ice cold right now. Um, as somebody that's been stacking the Brewers a lot, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to stack the Brewers against Miles Mikolas here. Yeah, yeah, I'm not using Mikolas. I'll play some Brewers bats. It's just he's a low strikeout rate guy that is a good real life pitcher, but all these guys are patient enough that they can easily beat him up pretty good here. So. I'm not using Mikolas. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like, Hauser, I think that Hauser is going to be the chalk here. Um, no doubt about it. Yeah, I mean, 5K, that's a really cheap price tag here. And he's been on fire recently. Like, I think Smiley is a perfect pivot off of him. But if you don't want to go with Smiley, then Hauser's got the better numbers. He's got a good K rate. He's a big ground ball guy. He's going up against St. Louis, which there is a slightly above average strikeout team here. A lot of the guys hit fly balls, which worries me a little bit. But, I mean, it's being played over Milwaukee, and you worry a little bit more about lefty power over Milwaukee. So, Hauser not really going up against a bunch of good lefties. A lot of the guys in the lineup that hit power are righties. So, Mostly negates that. I don't. I don't. I. I don't want to play Hauser, but I think I might be forced to. I'm going to try and pivot to Smiley, though. Yeah, like honestly, my my cash combo is probably going to be Hauser and Castillo. Um, I don't know what I'll do for tournaments, but I like that combo for cash. I, I think that it's going to be pretty popular too. Uh, St. Louis bats. If if Hauser starts pushing 15, 20, 25 percent ownership, like. You know, you could look at for some leverage here. It's just – it's tough because, like like you said, like he's so good against righties and he struggles against lefties. It's like Matt Carpenter is your lefty power bat in this lineup. Like Edmund's been decent, but, you know, it's just there's not a lot to pivot here. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's just real tough. Like you're looking for lefty power and there's just not much at all. I mean – like I, I'd be fine with taking Edmund as a one-off or taking Fowler, but like the prices aren't as good as I want them to be. Like you just don't really have a huge price savings. It's not a good spot, but I could see like if he gets into the 25, 30% range, I could see taking a stack against him, but anything less than that, I just don't know if it's worth it on a 15 game slate. 
Um, man, the Brew Crew. Or I guess let's uh let's talk Cardinals. Or we talked about Cardinals. Um, Brewers bats. What do we like for the Brewers bats? I mean, Grandal is a little bit cheap at four point three k. Yelich is Yelich. Hira is Hira. Mustakas a little bit too expensive at five k. But Miklos does struggle versus lefties, so I'm fine with taking any of them in there. But yeah, you're right. They just have been cold recently. I may just I may just fade them. Um, I, I talked about Corey Spannenberg yesterday. You know, as a as a valued guy, he had two hits. Uh, he's one one of the bright spots on Milwaukee. Um, he was crushing the ball in AAA. He worked his way back up to the majors by crushing the ball in AAA. So he's another guy, like, at 3,700. Like, maybe you're not playing Gene Segura and you want another guy to look at and you want to save some money at shortstop um, and not play the core shortstops. I think Spandenberg is is definitely in play here today. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I've been stacking the Brewers where, like, if I make three to five teams today, I'll have a Brewer stack. You know, I, I'm pot committed at this point and. You know, Miles Mikolas struggles with lefty. So let's 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 try this again, Grant. Um, Minnesota at Chicago taking on the White Sox. Michael Pineda against Lucas Giolito. Um, nine total, kind of a pick 'em. Pineda's a slight favorite. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Michael Pineda? Not using him. He's a reverse splits pitcher going up against a team that struggles a lot versus lefty or versus righties. So it doesn't really bode quite as well. We literally saw this a week ago. He doesn't struggle with walks, which is something that I like to take a picture that gets a little bit wild and pitches out of the zone and is willing to take a walk. So Pineda doesn't really profile that well against him. Yes, it is the White Sox. Yes, they do have a 25% K rate in their projected lineup here, but there is some power. Moncada can hit righties very well. So I, I, just don't, I just don't like this spot for Pineda. I didn't like it last week. Didn't turn out great for him then. I don't think it's going to turn out for him well this week. Yeah, I hear you. I played him last week in this spot, and it was okay. It wasn't like – he didn't kill you, but I feel like today with all the pitching options that we have on the slate, if he doesn't go out and have a dominant game, it would kill you. So I could see taking a shot on Michael Pineda at 7,800, hoping that he has that 20-point game. He's put up 21 and 16. He's faced his team two times in his last four starts. So – there's some slight upside there at 7,800, but I, I hear you. Um, you know, you kind of have to worry about the reverse splits, and this, this team just strikes out at such a high clip that it's it's a boom-bust spot, and there's a lot of options on the slate. Um, a guy that I don't think gets any any love today whatsoever is Lucas Giolito. Um, this, this range is just absolutely loaded with pitchers today, and I just don't see a lot of people taking shots on Lucas Giolito today. What's your thoughts on him? I mean, I think we might get some people taking shots on him. He did just put 50 up against this team last week here. It's him seeing the same team in back-to-back matchups. If he is going to get single-digit ownership, I'll definitely take a few shots on him just because he's a guy that does have massive amounts of upside. But if he's going to garner some ownership because people are going to be chasing that 50-point game he had last week or the – 30 and 25 point game he had or yeah two 30 point games he had in two prior starts here I mean the guy has great stuff great strikeout ability he's pitching more like he was at the beginning of the season he's priced up so much though that I think I'd rather take the safety with both Verlander or Bueller but if he's going to draw almost no ownership he's a perfect pivot in tournaments yeah um I, it really is an ownership thing. Like if he's 5% owned, I think I could take a shot on him in tournaments. It's just, there's nothing that's really standing out to me over the last 30 days when I was digging into the stats on Lucas Giolito um, that 
you know, outside of his K rate just being 16% higher, like velocity is right around the same. Nothing's really changed. He's just missing a lot more bats. Uh, swing and strike rate is up to 17% over the last 30 days. Um, he's even falling behind in, in counts a little bit or less. So maybe, maybe he's just throwing more strikes, um, you know, which is always very useful. So the upside is there. He put up 51 against this team. You want to know what his upside is? 51.5. <laughs> um, any Minnesota bats that you like here? I don't think so. Lucas Giolito is just too good. Granted, he does give a bit of hard contact to righties. So you really want to take a shot on Sano, that's fine. But a high K-rate guy like Sano going up against a high K-rate pitcher is going to be great. Target anyone, it would probably be Nelson Cruz. But 5K is too much to pay for. I'm probably fading all these bats outside of maybe Polanco, and that's just because he's shortstop eligible. Yeah, I don't mind uh, Polanco or Cruz. Jake K finally showing off that power I've been talking about all year. Um, nice to see him hitting the ball hard again. But 3,600 against Lucas Giolito, I'll, I'll wait for a better spot. You know, he's facing he's facing the White Sox. Maybe he gets like Ivan Nova or something tomorrow. Who knows? Um, any interest in the White Sox bats against Michael Pineda? Yeah, the power righties, Tim Anderson, Abreu, Jimenez, McCann are all fine plays. All of them can hit the ball hard. Pineda struck or struggled pretty heavily versus righties because of a massive fly ball rate, massive hard contact rate. Is can absolutely give up a few bombs here. And then Moncada, I know that he's a lefty going up against Pineda and he's a reverse splits guy, but Moncada, switch hitter that is so much better from the left side than people eight. It's ridiculous. So I'm 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 fine with the four-man stack with rounding out with Skull if you really want to, just hoping he hits a bomb at three or 2.9K. But, like, they're not a great stack, but they're definitely not a terrible one. Yeah, you know, it's all about – it's a 15-game slate. you got to take shots. If you're doing everything everybody else is doing, you're, you're probably not going to win a tournament today. So, you know, you got to remember that on, on your lineup construction. So, um, all right. Moving on, Rays, Astros, Charlie Morton, Justin Verlander, eight total Verlanders, a 190 favorite. You know, talent-wise, obviously, you know, Charlie Morton is is guy that's good. He's very good against righties. He's going to face a, a lot of righties here. Like, does he pique your interest at all on this slate? I mean, if there weren't G. Lito, if there weren't so many other good guys on this slate, I might think about it. But he's got a 4.7 implied run total against him. The strikeout upside is not that high, so really you're just hoping he gets or he shuts him down a little bit like strange enough the Detroit pitchers just did. But outside of that, like there's not a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. So I don't really feel the need to go with him. He's a great pitcher. Yes, he could you could pivot to him at very, very low ownership. But the chances of him drastically outscoring any of the other four guys on the slate, it's not that high. My biggest issue with Charlie Morton is they didn't really give him a discount for fantasy in Houston. He's still ten eight. If I, I get that he's been over 11K recently a lot, but like, you know, he's facing Houston. Like, let, let make him 9 8, and like, then we're like, we're having a conversation of is he the right play on this slate or, or anything like that. So that that's just my biggest issue with this spot for Morton today is, is just there's so many guys on the slate that I'd rather play than Charlie Morton. So, um, Verlander, you know, he's facing Tampa, he's at home. He's always a guy that you can trust. Like, what are your thoughts here on Verlander? Yeah, Verlander is probably the top raw point guy on the entire slate here. Priced at 12K, can easily get or should get double-digit strikeouts here. 
I'd like to see how many lefties they put in the lineup because he's obviously got a bit of a reverse split thing with the lefties. He's probably going to give up a bomb or two, so you're fine fading him. Maybe he gives up four of them, but realistically, he's Verlander, and he's priced this way for a reason, and he's going to crush, and he's the best fantasy pitcher probably in the league right now. Could give up two hits, and they might both be bombs, but that's not going to be enough to kill you even at 12K. Yeah, I like Verlander. I just I, I like the discount to some of the other guys more than I like Verlander. I'm kind of hoping that, you know, he struggles a little bit in this game and, you know, going cheaper pays off because that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. So I'm never, ever going to talk you out of playing Justin Verlander, um, especially in a matchup here against Tampa. So it's not like I'm running to play Tampa bats here. Like, you know, maybe I take a shot on Meadows or something, but like none of the Tampa bats are really standing out to me outside of Meadows, who's 4,200. Yeah, it's Meadows. I mean, you you target guys that hit bombs. Meadows, Garcia, maybe J.R. No, if you want. Like, realistically, any of those guys can hit a ball out of the ballpark. But um, that's it. You're not, you're not full stacking. At most, you can go three bats hoping you get the right three home runs if he does give up three home runs, but that's it. Uh, any Houston bats against Morton? I don't hate it as a very low on stack. Morton's very good. The Tampa Bay bullpen's very good. But Houston's even better. They can beat up any pitcher – they want – we're getting a little bit of a price discount on some of these guys. Like, you can afford a full stack of them. So, go with the power bats of Springer, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, and even Guriel. And you're not in a bad spot in terms of how much money you spend. Yeah, I don't know if I end up doing it. I don't think I'll end up playing enough teams to do it. But um, I, I hear your point for sure. Um, let's go, Let's keep on – Keeping on here, we got Oakland at Kansas City. Ten total. Mike Fires against Mike Montgomery. Fires is a one seventy four favorite. Um, any interest here in Fires? No, no, I don't think so. I mean, main thing with Fires is he seems to be a decent real life pitcher. He is going to another decent pitcher's ballpark, but it suppresses strikeouts almost as much as Oakland does. So we don't have a huge amount of K upside. Granted, t- Kansas City is not a great team, but. If you're going to pay 8.5K for Fires, just go up to 9K or 10K and get Castillo or you Darvish or Caleb Smith and get some more upside. My thoughts exactly. Um, I'm in the same – I think the exact same way. Um, and then Mike Montgomery on the other side of this game, he's been decent getting ground balls, but Oakland's one of my top stacks on the slate, so I have zero interest in Montgomery. Yep, not going Montgomery. It's still a decent pitcher's ballpark, but he's just not that great of a pitcher, and Oakland crushes lefties. Yep. I like the Oakland bats, Grant, a lot. Like, you know, I'm, I might be one day late um, playing Oakland, but Simeon Chapman, Kana, Pinder, even Cr- Crush Davis, um, Montgomery's not going to K these guys. And, you know, with, with these guys' power numbers and their hard hit rates, like even in Kansas City – they could hang a 10-plus number on the board today. Yeah, yeah, no, just take the guys that absolutely crush left-handed pitching. That would be Simeon, that would be Chapman, that would be Canna, that would be Pender, that would be Davis. Most of them are too cheap. Davis way too cheap at 3.4K, same with Pender if he gets a lineup spot here. But pretty much anyone all the way up and down this lineup is not a bad play against him. Montgomery's just not that great of a pitcher, and he does get strut or ground balls to righties, but he still gives up a decent amount of hard contact. It's just not been great overall still lays pitches out over the middle of the plate and they can get taken out of the ballpark. So throw these guys in your lineup. Um, any interest in the Kansas city guys? No fires is too good. I mean, I don't mind taking one off with 
Solaire or Dozier, both of them are very cheap at 4K and 4.1K. But Fires just doesn't get beat up overall. And so it'd really just be the extreme power bats going up against a fly ball pitcher. Yeah, and, you know, you could throw Ryan and Hearn in there just because he's just so cheap. I, I know that I say that he, every he day. He said to me, I didn't play on Sunday. It hits two bombs, and oh, I was just me furious. Me too. Yeah, me too. Um, yeah, you, you made me think about it again. Like, oh, I had forgotten about that again. But, oh, anyway, moving on. We got course. Red Sox and Rockies, 13 and a half total here. Uh, probably not high enough. Rick Porcello against Rico Garcia. Um, pick him game. Any interest here in Porcello? No interest in pitches. Yeah. Um, just a quick summary on Rico Garcia in double A this season, 13.1% swinging strike rate, um, 33.7% K rate when he got called up uh, to triple A. In 55 innings, he has 45 Ks, 10.8% swinging strike rate, 17.4% K rate. But in AAA this season, he has a 6.23 xFIP with a 1.75 WHIP. Um, just sounds like he's just not ready. Um, and <laughs> how do you how do you feel, Grant, that your first start in the bigs is against the Boston Red Sox in course? Um, I would feel awful. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pass. And I just wanted to give you guys a quick rundown, really quick, on Rico Garcia. Uh, Red Sox bats, Grant. Everybody, everyone that you can afford, you can play here. Agreed. Everyone's good. Every single one. I prefer Red Sox bats to uh, Colorado bats here, and it's not really that close. It's not. It really is not. Like, from everything that I've read on this young pitcher, like, they just needed a, they needed a spot start because Herman Marquez went on the DL or IL, whatever the heck it's called nowadays. Um, as far as the Rockies bats, you know, one good thing that they have going here is Porcello is probably going to have to throw a lot of fastballs because the sinker is not going to move very well. I think you can look at the the Rockies bats here, but I'm with you. I like the Red Sox more, but if we're going to see a lower ownership on the Rockies, that doesn't mean I'm not going to play them. Yep, yep. Stack both sides of this game. Blackman, Arenado story, obviously fantastic plays. Thorn Murphy, McMahon, Porcello's not that great. The sinker's not going to be moving too much. His curveball's not going to be moving up. That's half of his pitches. So, yeah, he's just going to be throwing slider, fastball most of the game here. Probably going to affect lefties a little bit less because he throws more sinkers to righties than he does to lefties and more curveballs to righties than lefties. But really throw anyone in there. How do you feel that you're not in Colorado right now and the Red Sox are in town? You could have been going to see my Red Sox. Oh, yeah. It's not like you just saw them in Petco a few days ago. Uh, that is true. That is true. <laughs> sure the Siege uh, was super happy about that. Arizona at San Francisco. We got Mike Leak and Jeff Samarja taking the hill against each other here. Um, no total in this one because, you know, for some reason there hasn't been a total the last two days. Uh, any interest here in Leak? No interest in Leak. Just, just I'm not going to do it. Mike Leak, I haven't played pretty much all year. I was willing to just die when he got four good games in a row. He has 5.4K, which makes it interesting. It is in San Francisco. Uh, I could see him drawing away some ownership away from Hauser and Smiley. I'd rather go with them and get a little bit more strikeout upside. Yeah, like, that's the biggest thing for me is just, like, the strikeout upside. Like, you know, yesterday we talked about, you know, potentially playing uh, like an Alex Young, and, like, Alex Young has 14.4 right now, and if he gets the win, he's going to score 18.4. And 
and be one of the best, you know, you know, value pitchers on this slate. So it's just such a different slate from yesterday and today uh, when you're looking at, you know, just overall pitching. So I don't really have a lot of interest in Leak. Um, I have slight interest in Samarja. Just be, if I'm going to play Tyler Beatty against this team, like I have to have a little bit of interest in Samarja. But, you know, 8-3, if he was a little cheaper, I think we'd be talking about him a little bit more. Yeah, no, it's just the price tag. It's always a price tag with Shark. And, yes, he can put up a great outing. He is playing in San Francisco, which plays so much better to his skill set. I mean, there's a reason why he was picked up by the Giants, but it's just not worth it. A guy that averages 15 fantasy points a game at home going up against a decent Diamondbacks team, yes, he could end up with a 20-point game, but there's so many pitchers that can end up with way higher scores and slightly more money. Yeah, it's us. if he was a little bit cheaper, like then I'd be all over this because no David Peralta in this lineup, like it's just uh. um Arizona bats, what are we looking at here for the Diamondbacks? I mean, I know Jake Lamb hasn't been great, but he's two point eight K if he gets in the lineup. Yes, he could pinch hit for. Josh Roas is min price at two K. He's a fantastic play, even over in San Fran. Like you want to pay up for pitching. You could potentially do a double stack here with like just three guys from Arizona in Rojas, Lamb, and one other guy going up against Shark that's not great versus lefties. And these guys are both lefties that have some pop in them. They haven't been great this year. But looking at the underlying numbers for Lamb, he's still hitting a lot of fly balls and has a 50% hard contact rate versus righties. And going up against a guy that has a 50% fly ball rate and 40% hard contact rate versus lefties. So I really like Lamb and Rojas. I could see them potentially be chalking. I don't care. It gives you enough money to go pay up for more or not more, to pay up for Bueller, Verlander, maybe both, and I'm absolutely in for him. Yeah, like, uh, you know, it's Rojas is a guy that can steal bases too, so you're not just dependent on, you know, a home run from him, you know, a min salary, a walk or a single and a stolen base, and he, you're, you're, you're getting exactly what you wanted out of 2K. So Rojas is very much in play for me as well. Um, played him a lot on Monday. He's like three points, and he's cheaper today. Um, as far as the Giants go, I know Leak's not great. Maybe you take a shot on like a Dickerson, maybe a Voigt, um, Vote, maybe a Yaz. Like, I, I just – this ballpark, man. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much it. It's ballpark. Leak's been decent as a real-life pitcher so far this year, but it's really just the ballpark. I mean, and the pricing doesn't really make me want to play any other guy. We already mentioned a whole bunch of guys that are super cheap, so I'm not going here. What if we like did like a Jake Lamb, Scooter, Jeanette, Rojas three man game stack <laughs> with Houston, and we probably can still fit in Verlander and Castillo. <laughs> oh man, there we go, making it work, making all the dreams come true. Texas at LA taking on the Angels. We got Mike Miner against Andrew Heaney, um, eight and a half total. Heaney's a one fifty favorite. Any interest here in Mike Miner? I don't think so. I mean, Miner's not the same. Pitcher, he was at the beginning of the season when he was crushing and kind of regressed a little bit. He's going up against an Angels team that strikes out an average clip. It's in over in L.A., which I guess helps. It's not that hot out here. So I I don't think I'm paying 10.4K, though, when I can get Castillo or Morton or any number of other guys with more upside. I think, um, uh, you know, Mike Miner is just too expensive on the slate. You know, it's as simple as that for me. There's there's five, six guys in this range that I would play before minor. So, 
Um, Andrew Heaney on the other side of this game. I think Heaney's actually really interesting here. I know he's 9,800 and he's expensive, but this team is so bad against left-handed pitching. Um, he's averaging 33.5, and a lot of that was because he just put up 45 against this team. But I could see, Grant, I could see a Castillo-Heaney build with a couple of those value guys that we talked about and still getting a really decent stack in there. So I don't want to write in Andrew Heaney off here because this team is just so bad against lefties. Yeah, I prefer I prefer Castillo, but yeah, you mentioned it. Dude gives up a whole bunch of fly balls, a whole bunch of hard contact, but he strikes out both lefties and righties at a big clip here. Going up against a high strikeout Texas team. Absolutely, we know what he can do. He just did it last week. So if you want to play him, I still prefer Castillo, but he needs very much to play for tournaments. Yeah, it, it, would, it would really be like if Castillo's ownership starts to creep really high and like you're just looking for a tournament pivot. Um, maybe you have somebody like... I don't even know. Like, uh, let's see. Maybe you have like a Verlander, and your your seven o'clock pitcher got rocked or something, and you're just looking to do something to to differentiate because you are behind. Like, maybe you go down from Verlander to Heaney. I, I think Heaney's very much in play today. Um, just it, it, yeah. Um, I have zero interest in the Texas bats. I really don't want to play any of these guys. Yeah, I think I'm kind of on the same page with you here. I mean, Heaney's. A good pitcher. If you're going to target anyone, Willie Calhoun, Hunter Pence, he's been a bit reverse splitsy because of his um, curveball that just crushes righties apparently. But you look at the underlying numbers, he gives up hard contact and fly balls to both sides of the plate. Um, if Solak's in the lineup, another really cheap guy that could potentially hit a bomb here, I really like him at second base. Another guy that I'm probably going to be potentially using in my cash game. Lineup. I might pay up for two pitchers in cash. Yeah, Solek is, is certainly in play here today for sure. Um, on the Angels side, you know, we have to start with Mike Trout. You know, anytime he's facing a lefty, Mike Trout, one of the best hitters in baseball. You know, obviously he, he's a top-end option on this slate. He's 5,200. Outside of Trout, what do you like here for the Angels? Not a whole lot. I mean, you could potentially go with Otani or Upton at his cheap price tag, but I'm staying away from Angels in all likelihood. Miner's a good real-life pitcher. Yeah, I don't mind punting with Stassi. <laughs> but I would rather punt with Rojas and, you know, pay up a little bit of catcher today because, yeah. All right, um, we got uh, two games left here on this one. We got the Yankees and the Mariners. Um, Tanaka against Kikuchi, nine and a half total. Tanaka's a 186 favorite. Grant, I understand Tanaka has struggled this year. And we have not played him a lot. We've stacked against him a little bit. Um, he's had a decent game. Not, I think it was a couple games ago. What are we doing with Tanaka at seventy five hundred against Seattle? I mean, he's in play, but I'm higher on these null or these uh, Seattle bats than most people are. I honestly think they're not nearly as bad as people think. There's a lot of guys that crush lefties, and there's a lot of guys that are very good versus righties. Navarez and Vogelbach being two of them. Um, but I prefer to target pitchers or I prefer to target pitchers against them when they're right-handed so Tanaka does fit the bill here got average strikeout stuff it's really just a price and play if I have the extra money to get up from one of these cheap guys Tanaka is probably what I'm going with um yeah I, I think Tanaka is interesting for tournaments depending on how many teams you're making and like what kind of build you're doing Castillo Tanaka team is probably going to give you a solid lineup so um, Kikuchi on the other side of this game, he's really struggled with righties this season. Low strikeout rate against righties. You have to be 
a big time K pitcher against the Yankees if you're going to succeed against the Yankees. And I know, I know it'll work every once in a while. A low strikeout pitcher will pitch good against the the Yankees, but um, I just I can't do it here. No interest in Kikuchi at all. None. None whatsoever. Yeah, like Malone came in the game um on monday and like his first inning he gave up like five run runs and like he, he settled down after that but or it was like four run runs or something but yeah it's just when you have these low k guys you just can't face these yankees and the yankees they're in play here um ballpark stinks but you know lemayhu judge torres sanchez ursula all these guys are in play yeah, no, the ballpark's actually not that bad, and the pricing kind of takes into account the bad ballpark. Sanchez, 4.5K. Judge, 4.5K. Didi, if he's back in the lineup. LeMahieu, Torres are all fine plays. Gucci's bad. Mariners' bullpen's really bad. They just sold everything off. They got a few decent arms with chance they're not going to be coming in if they're down, which is probably going to be the scenario going with Kikuchi on the other side. So, yeah, I like these New York bats. Um, any interest here in – the Seattle bats. I know you, you. I know you like Seattle. I mean, I, I'm not a whole lot of interest. I'll target guys like Nolan Murphy versus lefties going up against a righty though. Tanaka. I mean, Vogelbach at 4.1 K isn't the worst idea in the world going up against a pitcher that gives up a whole lot of power to lefties. And then Seager at 4.5 K. Just if you want to ride out hot, he's been over the last few weeks, and that's fine too. Lopes is 2.8 K. If you need a really cheap guy, he's been better versus lefties, but not big sample size. Overall, so if you combine the numbers, he's been pretty decent to both sides of the plate. Uh, so those are the guys that I go with. You know, Vogelbach always in play against the righty. The the home run upside is always in play. But I'm with you. I like Seattle Morgan's lefties. Dodgers and Padres, Walker Bueller, Cal Quintrill. Uh, eight total here. Bueller is a 180 favorite. Uh, what's your thoughts here on Walker Bueller? Absolutely love him. Absolutely love him. Going up against Padres, 3.4 run total against him. The guy has been just – mopping guys up the second half of the season here. He has had a few bad outings. One of them was in Coors. One of them was against Miami. That was a random outlier. Don't pay attention to that. One of them gets a high-powered Washington offense. But overall, the guy's been striking out a bunch of guys. Does not walk a whole lot of guys. It's when he's getting in walk trouble that he generally gets into bad outings here. And the last two of the last four times out, he had zero walks. Two of them, he had three. So he's either been boom or bust here, but there's not a whole lot of walks in this lineup. And a lot of the right-handed power is gone. So in a good hitter's or pitcher's ballpark with Bueller in here, I really, really like him. He's one of my top options on the slate. I might prefer him to Verlander, but it's uh, close to a toss-up. Yeah, like, honestly, for me, it's probably Castillo 1, Bueller 2, Verlander 3. Um, you can name it 1A, 1B, 1C. They're all really good plays. It's just you're you're playing a salary cap game, and there's – you know, I'll take the 2K discount and then the 1K discount because I think they all have pretty much the same upside on the slate. So, um, I like Walker Bueller a lot as well. You you know, you pretty much touched on everything. With, with Tatis being out of this lineup, like it, this lineup just took a huge hit going from Tatis batting leadoff to Greg Garcia batting leadoff. Um, Cal Quintrell, 328 Woba, 174 ISO, 16% K rate, 46% hard hit rate against lefties. It's an easy pass for me. Even in San Diego, I got zero interest in Cal Quintrell. Yeah, not going up against the Dodgers, not going to happen. Um, I think that the Dodgers are an interesting late-night hammer. You know, Cal Quintrell has really struggled with lefties. Depending on what the lineup looks like, you know, you could build a pretty solid Dodgers stack here. 
Muncie and Bellinger being really expensive, but the Dodgers are just so good against righties that anytime they're facing a righty that struggles with lefty, you have to consider playing some Dodger bets. Yeah, no interest in Quantrill, but a bunch of interest in these lefties here. Looking at the price tag, Jock's the same as he always is. Chance he could get pinch hit for, but maybe he won't. Bellinger, Seager, Muncie, all fantastic. He's priced up and probably going to come in at low ownership here. I uh, really do like this stack. Maybe one of my favorites on the slate just because there's so many other teams with over a five and five run total. And I don't like the ballpark at all, but it, it's the Dodgers, so it really doesn't matter too much. Yep. Um, Padres, bats, anything? Not against Bueller, no. Yep, I have zero interest in the Padres, bats as well. Let's play the morning grind game, and then we're going to get out of here. Give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts today. I'm going with Drew Smiley. All right. I'm going to take my boy Hauser. Uh, give me a guy over 8K to score under 15. Might actually be a little harder today than normal. I don't think it's really that hard. I mean, I could go fires and go easy, but I'm going to go with Mike Miner. I like that one. Since you went kind of ballsy, I'm going to go kind of ballsy, and I'll say Charlie Morton. That was the other one I was thinking about. Weird day. Yeah, just no chance I'm playing those two guys over 10K today. Um, over 4K to hit a home run, not in course. Reese Haskins. Oh, that was going to be my guy. Dude, take the other one on the team. Yeah, I guess I could take Gene Segura. Hold on. Um, you know what? Give me, give me Jock Peterson, late night hammer. Uh, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. I'm going to go with Rojas, stone cold minimum. I like that. Um, I'm going to go Kipnis. We talked about him and how cheap he was earlier, way back when. Um, and then finish it off with a stack that's going to score six or more runs today, Grant. I think I'll let you have the Dodgers. I am going to go with Cleveland. I like that one. I'm not going to take the Dodgers. I'm going to say Oakland. I really like Oakland today. I just want to pound it home one more time. Not to forget about Oakland when you're building lineups today. And uh, hopefully – Maybe an Oakland Dodgers stack to end off the, the, the night. Uh, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Nope. Good luck. Make sure to, if you're mass multi-entering, diversify with the high-priced pitchers. Don't just only stick with Walker Buehler and Verlander. I agree 100%. Uh, that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then. See you, kids.